When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball. Welcome into another episode of Big Time Baseball. I'm your host, Tony Gwynn Jr. Alongside my co-host, John Heyman. And uh, a little bit going on here in the, as we get towards the end of April. Major League Baseball uh, continues to try to expand the game uh, worldwide. Uh, they are playing a two-game set in Mexico City, Padres, Giants. Um, this is, uh, John, this is one of those things where Major League Baseball continues to try to grow the game. And Mexico City has been one of the, the cities we've heard uh, that is, is, is at least in conversation to maybe have a Major League team here one day. Yeah, no, I think it's great that Major League Baseball is trying to grow the game and uh, playing games outside of our country. I think that's awesome. Uh, the WBC was huge. That was fantastic. Uh, you know, I still think the next two spots, and you know, I mean, it looks like Las Vegas is going to be taken up by Oakland, but, you know, that's not a done deal yet. Uh, the most obvious spots for me for expansion are Nashville and Las Vegas. Oakland goes to Las Vegas. They will need one more spot. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what Mexico City's chances are. A lot of competition. You've got Portland. You've got Salt Lake City. you got Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of lot – Montreal, a lot of places want an expansion team. We shall see. I do like the idea of 32 teams. Eventually, we'll see what happens with Oakland that could throw a monkey wrench into things. Yeah. Up until this point, first game is, is here today at – 405 uh, Mountain Time, um, and I say everything up to this point has gone as good as you could expect. Uh, the city has, has been terrific. Uh, I'm here currently now uh, getting ready for the game one tonight. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really been a, a pretty cool experience, and uh, I think the players themselves uh, are, have been able to enjoy it a little bit. There was an off day, obviously, yesterday. A weird Friday off day. You very—I don't know that I've ever seen a Friday off day in, in Major League Baseball. But uh, because it's only a two-game set, they were able to do that. So I think the players uh, were able to kind of uh, maybe unwind a little bit, take their hair down, and uh, enjoy themselves a little bit. But today, you get back to the action, and uh, we'll see how these two games go. Highest altitude, uh, almost 8,000 feet here in Mexico City. The dimensions. Down the line, I believe, are 325 to down the line, 400 to center field. For an offense like the Padres that has uh, really struggled, uh, this could be a good thing for them. Yeah, it could be positive. I mean, this is before your time, Tony, not mine. The Mexico City Olympics, I remember there were records 
due to that altitude, I think it was Bob Beeman uh, jumping 29 feet, two inches, something like that. And I don't know whether they decided not to count it or what, but it was unbelievable. Uh, and I was seven years old. You were not born yet, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we saw what Colorado was like before they put the humidor in. You know, maybe it's going to be a lot of offense. I think, the, I think all of these excursions to remote countries or other foreign countries have been successful. The one that I would have a question on was London, where the offense would really get out of control. And I'm not sure why it did yeah. that, but we'll see in Mexico City. will be interesting. Maybe Soto can bring that average up from, what, 180 to, to 280 if he has a nice series, two-game series there, if the offense is what we think it may be. It would certainly be a welcome sight. Uh, among some of the things that has happened here outside the game, there's been some wonderful clinics that both teams have been able to put on and, and share with the, the, the kids here in Mexico City. So it's all in all, it's been a, it's been a pretty terrific experience and I think a, uh, a win for Major League Baseball. All right, let's get back to the States and talk a little baseball. Um, I think you I, – I felt like you predicted this uh, when the signing happened. Uh, for the Texas Rangers. But Jacob deGrom exits his second start already this season. This time it was due to forearm tightness. Now, I believe it was a wrist issue the first time. You might be able to connect the dots here as we have wrist, now forearm. This can't be uh, something that the, the Rangers are not concerned about. Let's say that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's clearly got to be concerned. You never want to hear anything connected to the arm. I mean, the, the Grum, I was in spring training with him. He was just getting back. I think he had a side thing going on there at that moment. You know, obviously, he's just had a lot of different injuries over the past couple of years. Before that, he'd been relatively healthy and two-time Cy Young winner. But certainly over the last couple of years, there were red flags. And, I mean, Texas is the one that was willing to take that gamble on I mean, what I would say is the most talented pitcher in baseball when healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's a gamble, uh, high risk, high reward. And they certainly understood that going in. And so far through, what, five or six starts, he's shown exactly what you would think. He's been brilliant when he's been able to pitch. And he's had some, now I think this is the third issue counting spring training. You know, hopefully this is not a serious one, but you hate to hear forearm because that. To me, sounds often like a precursor to elbow. You hope not. He's already had Tommy John once, so you really hope that it's not elbow. I was watching that game. I was thinking he's only throwing 99. This really isn't him, but uh, he did it 100, I think, a couple times maybe. But, you know, normally when someone's throwing 99, that's pretty good. But uh, for him, he wasn't quite on his best game, although he certainly was almost unhittable even on his second best game. Hopefully, for the Rangers' sake, uh, this is nothing too serious. Just another one of those little things that sidetracks him for a start or two tops. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, listen, I, I think forearm is generally a precursor. Not all the times, but most of the time, 
free elbow. So uh, hopefully, because quite honestly, it's, it's really good for baseball when he's healthy and pitching. It's a must-see start every time he, he takes the rubber. Um, it's just been unfortunate he hasn't been able to, you know, stay healthy over the last couple of seasons, and now he's kind of having um, these hiccups. And, and by the way, the Rangers playing some good baseball right now, uh, tops in that division. And so uh, you hate to lose a guy like that. But um, it, it, it's, it's can't, you can't say that this wasn't a possibility when it signed. I mean, all the signs were there that this could happen. Yeah, I mean, one thing, to be fair, and some people will say I haven't always been fair with DeGrom, as I often have called him uh, America's highest-paid part-time worker. Uh, there have been a number of pitching injuries throughout baseball, I think more than ever before. Unfortunately, that trend is really bad, and it's not only DeGrom. You know, I mean, look at the Mets staff. You know, right now you've got uh, only Senga right now pitching out of the first five guys that they – plan to be in the rotation and I mean they're not alone you know I mean the White Sox many teams decimated by injury so to be fair it's DeGrom's not alone but it certainly has been going on for a few years with him. It, it raises question on the way teams have gone about pitching right I mean going back to the 70s 80s where you had guys pitching 200 plus injuries 200 plus innings excuse me there weren't as many injuries and although technology has gotten better, uh, we seem to know a lot more about the elbow and shoulder and all of those things. Injuries just continue to, to go up, it seems like. Yeah. It's not going the other way. Yeah, I think it may just be – I mean, teams are being more careful in terms of the number of innings, and I, I certainly don't think that can hurt. I'm not sure that it's helping. I will say I do think that extra velocity probably is a thing. You know, I mean – Back in the day, 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know, the average fastball was maybe 91 miles an hour, 92 miles an hour. Now it's, the average is 94 miles an hour plus. And that may not seem like a big difference, but I think the arm is not really built to go in that direction. If you'll notice the, the uh, w women's softball, which I do watch on TV, underhanded, they don't have those kind of injuries. It's that overhand throw that it's really not built for. And, you know, a lot of these guys, and the average is 94, but there are a lot of guys throwing 96-plus, and those guys seem to have more injuries. So I'm just speculating. I'm not a doctor. I'm only playing one on the yeah. podcast, but that would be my guess what the problem is. Both of us are playing doctor on the podcast, and, yeah. and that's okay. Uh, listen, I always hear John Smoltz's voice in my head about redlining, right? It's like a car. When you keep running that to the red line – eventually your car breaks down, right? And there's something to be said about learning how to push close to that red line but not getting there. Um, it, it just seems like we're just, these injuries are, are, are just continuing to go up. Let's move to another injury. Not a pitcher this time, but we'll, stay in New, we'll go to New York. Air Judge uh, gets an MRI on his hip. Uh, Yankees waiting on, on results. Uh, listen, this is the, the reigning MVP. Um, Certainly don't want to miss a guy like this. They're already missing Giancarlo Stanton, who was pretty hard on himself when, when it came to the injury. Missing those two big guys. We've seen this story before from the Yankees. When those two guys are out of the lineup, it's just a different ball club. Yeah, I mean, to this point, they're in the bottom half on runs on OPS. 
they were like 18th, something like that, in runs and OPS at this point as we do this podcast. So that's not good. And that's with Judge. I mean, he carried this team second half last year. Uh, this year, their offense has been kind of spotty. Obviously, those two with injury questions right now, Judge is hopefully for their sake, not as serious as the Stanton injury, which is going to keep them out several weeks. Um, you know, Bader's out, has been out all year. Donaldson's been out most of the year to this point. Um, you know, their offense is really hurting, and they obviously need him. He'll miss a few games. We don't expect him to play this weekend. I did get the MRI. They did not have the results immediately, which is a little weird. I mean, I get my results pretty quickly. We're now talking about a $360 million player. You would hope they'd get the results quickly, but they are hopeful. Now, again, hopeful doesn't mean it's true. They're hopeful it's not too serious, and he maybe misses – you know, I think a week they'd be happy with or 10 days or short IL stand, stand. I think they'd be happy with it. If it's less than that, they'd be ecstatic. But, uh, you know, he didn't feel it was too serious. He didn't really feel a tear, pull, or anything like that. Just tightness. That's at least what's been reported. Without him, they are obviously not the same team. So this will be a big, yeah. big thing for the Yankees. Well, here's to here's to health for, for Aaron Judge. I, I want all the stars healthy playing the game of baseball uh, because it only brings more attention and more eyes to it. Let's stay in New York. A couple things. Uh, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. The Mets whole rotation is depleted at this time. Uh, the two big dogs in that uh, rotation, yeah. one's out due to the suspension, one's out due to injury. Verlander, though, uh, it seems like is, is, is coming back, had a strong rehab start. What are, what are you hearing on the Verlander front? Yeah, I mean, he had a big – Big game for the Rumble Ponies, not the same, as we know. You know, obviously the Rangers <laughs> and the Miners are not the same. What I mean, what did Tatis have, an 1,800 OPS in the Minors? Nobody's going to have that in the Majors, right? It's a, it's a different no. game. He did look good. More importantly, he felt good. Um, you know, that's a big plus for the Mets rotation right now. You know, I could say in transition, that's a euphemism. Quintana out for th- several months. Carrasco trying to work his back, but he's way back, but he's got a elbow spur, bone spur. That's not great. Scherzer had the side issue even before that start in L.A. where he was, quote, unquote, caught with the sticky stuff. Uh, you know, they've got issues all over the place. Senga's been the one healthy of the five guys that they expected to be in that rotation from the beginning, and he's had some issue with control. He's got 18 walks right now in 26 innings. Uh, right now, I, I guess McGill has probably been the most successful. Peterson has been healthy at least, but he's really been hit by that long ball as he was last night with Matt Olson in that three-run home run and the rain-shortened Braves victory. So a lot of issues. Uh, that strength of that Mets team was supposed to be Scherzer and Verlander. And right now, haven't seen Verlander yet. Hopeful. Scherzer's had a number of different things. He should be back Monday, barring a rainout. He's supposed to miss 10 games with the band. So... Monday is the date that's projected. It is pouring here as we do this right now, so I'm not sure if they're going to get the, the, the games in today and tomorrow. Did you happen to see David Cohn's tutorial on uh, rosin and sweat? Did you see this? I didn't see it, no. So uh, on Baseball Tonight, he basically gave a tutorial of what happens when you sweat, rosin and what happens when you put alcohol on, on your hands it, and as his his test ended up proving out that that alcohol only basically exactly. enhances that stick and so 
I don't know. Major League Baseball's got to got to come up with a, a legitimate answer to this problem. I think yeah. because you can't kick guys out if they are using things that are literally on the field. Right, and uh, he washed his hands. He said with alcohol at the time, right in front of a MLB official. We went over this last week, and I, I yeah. said that it was an All Star pitcher who told me that alcohol only makes it stickier. I mean, you would think Scherzer would know this, <laughs> and. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's washing his hands with the alcohol in front of the MLB official. I, you know, I still think to suspend somebody, you got to have 100% proof, not circumstantial evidence, no matter how much, how much circumstantial evidence you think it is. And, of course, Phil Cousy was doing his job. MLB's intentions right. were correct. I don't know. I'm still not convinced this was the right result. And I don't know whether – I think they need to tack your ball. That would help. If not, I would have to have a lab stationed in every ballpark. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. I don't know. It, yeah. you know it's, uh, I know it's expensive, but, you know, it's not my money, so I'm willing to spend it. I, I, I just thought it was interesting that David Cohn took the time on national TV to kind of run us all through exactly how it works because I don't think very many people understand the whole chemistry of rosin, sweat, and in this case, alcohol. But uh, I thought that was interesting. He's soon to return, and uh, that Mets rotation will get a little bit stronger as uh, he returns, and it'll get a lot stronger as Verlander uh, as he returns. Uh, we had a rematch of the uh, World Series of last year. Phillies, Astros, looked like Aaron Nola kind of got back on track in, in yesterday's ball game. He's now 2-2, two and two, but uh, it was fun to see these two. And it was it was really as you would expect a, a matchup of Nola and, and Valdez going up against these are very low scoring game three one ball game. Yep, two excellent pitchers, two teams that I think are excellent. Phillies finally starting to show it. They're over five hundred now, I believe. So they're on a hot streak. Uh, you know that was one of my quote unquote bad predictions at this point, where I have them winning that division. The Braves. I mean, me and you both. Teams look great. The Braves look great. The Rays look great. Maybe the Jays, you know, basically that's it. So we'll see what goes on there. But, you know, in terms of NOLA, that's huge for him because he's a free agent after the year. And, you know, this market, you've got some pretty good pitchers. Obviously, Otani right there is a free agent. And you've got you've got a few very, very good ones. But NOLA is near the top of that list, off to a rough start. They didn't make him an offer in the winter. Did not come close to signing him. And, uh, you know, that platform year is huge. I mean, it can make a difference between a $250 million deal and a, you know, uh, maybe, you know, something far, far less. I mean, I don't want to say how low it could go, but it certainly could go up to $250 million or something in that category. Yeah. You know, he is, he is a, a very, very talented pitcher. And, um, He's certainly going to have to pitch at that level if the Phillies are going to, you know, do what you and I think they can yeah. do, which is win the division. Without him pitching at that level, I, I don't see it really happening. But uh, they'll soon get Bryce Harper back as well. So um, there, things are move, are trending in the right direction. You know, you look at the standings throughout baseball. They're outside of the Tampa, the Tampa team that has kind of separated itself Divisions are either are either really really close from top to bottom, or they're top heavy, uh, and with like two teams at the top of the division kind of running away with things. It's, it's quite it's been quite weird to see how this early portion of the season has gone. 
you know, one thing I'll say about Nola is he, he's dependable. He, he makes those stars. He is. You know, so that, that's, a, that's a guy, I, I don't own a team, I never will own a team. That's the kind of guy I'd like to sign, a guy who I know is going to make a start every five days. You know, obviously not, not, not as, he's very talented, but not at, nobody's as talented as DeGrom. But I, as I said, throwing that 100 miles an hour, DeGrom's even got up to 102, it, it's, it's tough sometimes. And I think that could be a factor with all the injuries that he has and everybody else uh, in the pitching, almost everybody else. Uh, yeah, I mean, so many surprises to this point. I mean, we never saw the Rays doing this, but, I mean, up and down. Uh, Pirates, I mean, to me, they're the biggest shock. I got to put the White Sox in that category. Nobody saw them. I mean, I, we, I think we could see Oakland doing this, and I don't think we're shocked that, that Kansas City and Colorado are off to rough starts, but the White Sox, and uh, I don't know if you saw Tony his the GM, Rick Hahn, came out and said uh, he takes the blame, which I think was the smart thing to do, and it was the right thing to do. I don't know if he's right about it. I don't know if it is his fault. But, I mean, to me, looking at that team, and for the first time I didn't pick them to win the division, but I certainly expected them to be better than they were last year, which was 500. Uh, you know, on paper they look fantastic. And I, and I just sent a note to Jerry Reinsdorf saying – you know, I, 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 I'm sorry about what's going on with your team. On paper, you have a great team. And he, he emailed me back right away, as he always does, and says the game's not played on paper. It was very quick. And he's absolutely right. I mean, to me, to me, that's the most shocking thing we've seen so far. I don't know about for you. I, Pittsburgh's right up there, though. Yeah, man. I, 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 you, you kind of took my next two questions away. The Rick, the, the Rick Hahn thing is, uh, is interesting because it's, it's an old school approach, right? You, you, you try to take the attention off your ball club, put it on you. But in the, in the day and age of social media, I don't know that it's as effective as it was in the past, right? Because players are exposed to so much more and, and can be, you know, people can get to the player so much easier than they could in the past. Um, I don't know that this move works. And it's, and you know, you look at, as you said, you look at that roster, there really is no reason why, you know, it's, I, I get it's baseball and, you know, things don't always go as, but seven and 20, this team is way too talented, way too talented to be seven to 20. Uh, you start to wonder what's going on on the inside um, because this is now two years in a row. Now they weren't this bad last year. No, they were complaining about them. Right. It, it, but that's what I'm saying. They've, they've, they've regressed. Like they should, this team is, as you said, on paper, shouldn't be a seven and 20 team, regardless of whether the game is played on paper or not. This team is too talented, but I agree. something is clearly wrong. Well, yeah, I agree. Something's clearly wrong. The injuries have been bad this year. They were last year, but that, that doesn't explain seven and 20 and all these, I mean, I was watching last night and they lost another one run game. To Tampa, Rosarina went above the wall. Tampa does whatever is necessary to win every game. And it seems like the White Sox are the opposite. It's something about the chemistry is not right with yeah. them. I, I do yeah. think that's it. You know, obviously they lost um, Jose Abreu, who's one of the best guys in baseball and one of the best leaders. You know, I don't know if that's it. I mean, no one would have thought that last year their chemistry was great as it was at 81 and 81. But this year, there's something missing. No doubt about it. All right. Now, you kind of alluded to it. I think I know your answer. But most surprising start to this year, I mean, we just finished talking about the White Sox. But I don't know that I could see the Pirates where they are 
And I certainly didn't see the Cardinals where they are right now. Uh, yeah. who, who do you have as the most surprising start? Good right or bad? There. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, to me, that division looks upside down at this point. It does. Uh, Milwaukee's <laughs> a little bit of a pleasant surprise, but I think they've been generally been a good team, good organization for a few years. Cardinals are a stunner. I mean, to have a team with Arenado and Goldschmidt and all those talented young players and be this much of a at least early going disaster, I mean, that to me is stunning. I mean, the Pirates, everything going right for the Pirates. They locked up a player long-term for a $100 million deal. They brought up Drew Maggi, who played 1154 games in the minor leagues. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. He got a standing ovation, and then he got a, his first – play in the majors was a pitch violation, a time violation for accepting the standing ovation. <laughs> Something's got to be done about that. But Pirates and the Cardinals, take out the White Sox for a second. Pirates and Cardinals, two most surprising teams so far for me. Uh, yeah, we need a common sense law on the whole standing ovation. It's the second time this year. Bellinger got it earlier. Right. Now, now, now this young man gets one. I, I just – it just, it just doesn't make any sense. But that's neither here or there. Uh, let me ask you a question. Because Brian Reynolds was – he seemingly was pretty set on getting out of that place. Do you, was, it, was it the money or was it the start and maybe the vibe that he has in that locker room, having been there through spring training? Because I imagine the Pirates did – I mean, their offer – I mean, I'm sure it's come up a little bit, but – they had to be trying to lock this guy up for a long period of time. What do you think was, was on his mind when he changed it? Well, the offer was definitely better because I had reported that it was $76 okay. million. So he's up to a okay. $100 million extension. They're calling it 106.75 counting this year. So the offer is definitely better. It's, I mean, it's okay. always about the money, not to pick on him. It's always about the money. But I, I do believe the story that he wanted to be in Pittsburgh even when he made the trade demand. Did you ever do that where you want to be somewhere and you make a trade demand? It's an unusual thing, but we've <laughs> seen it before, right, because it's about the negotiation. They, he, they probably knew they weren't going to trade him, and it was just a way to get it out there that I'm not too happy with what the offer is. It was, all I think, all about the negotiation. I believe he liked Pittsburgh. He feels like he fits in Pittsburgh. People tell me I don't know him. He's been great there. You know, some people aren't cut out for New York, Chicago, L.A., maybe. I don't know. Maybe he feels that Pittsburgh is the right spot for him. If he does, more power to him. I think it's great for baseball. It's certainly great for the Pirates to see them doing this and to see them locking up a guy for $100 million. Now we've got three teams left, I think, that haven't signed a guy for $100 million. Oakland, Kansas City, and, again, it's our White Sox. Never done $100 million, which is a little bit of a surprise. They tried with Machado, and I think they tried with a few others, but never quite sealed the deal. Yeah, uh, shout out to Brian Reynolds for playing the negotiation yeah. game as strong as he did there because he got where he wanted, what he wanted, and he's where he wants to be. I think that's the ultimate goal. That's going to do it for this episode of Big Time Baseball. Make sure you subscribe, like, wherever you get your podcast. Hit that auto uh, download, too, as well. So. As soon as this uh, hits, the, hits, the, hits, the, hits the podcast scene, you're able to get it immediately. Until next week, for myself, John Heyman, catch you next week. All right, thanks.